Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And it is really heating up at the BRICS conference at the moment. If you are watching the Western media, you would assume that there's absolutely nothing going on and nothing really to report on. Apart from a few comments and statements that have been made, but the best ones are always the ones that aren't meant to come out. Like this one, let me paraphrase here, the West dominance over the global order is almost over and soon coming to an end, ready for a new equitable world where all resources are shared between nations. Again, I'm paraphrasing there, but I wanna get into all of these things that are being said at the conference, but also, even more de-dollarization. And before we get into that, a big thank you to those of you who actually took me up on my offer yesterday for my brand new money psychology course. Uh, I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't wait for you to take this course, learn from it, and to completely change your life and your family's life. So thank you so much. And the link for that is in the description below 75% off right now for launch week. So let's get into this then. Let me get started with this information. So BRICS was actually founded in 2009. That was initiated by Russia as a new challenge to US world order or US dominance. Uh, then South Africa joined in 2011. So what was it before? It was BRICS, so Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then South Africa came. But we're going to have to rename this. It won't be BRICS very soon because of the amount of new members that are joining. And this is staggering. But firstly, 30% of all global output is from the current, just these five countries. That's it. And they represent 42% of the world's population. Wait until we go through in a moment these new countries that are wanting to join. There were 46 country leaders or other country leaders at this recent conference. This is going on right now. This is going to completely shake up the world as we know it, the, the, the world driven by Western influence. Because it wasn't just these main leaders from these countries. Uh, Putin not in attendance. He's doing it by conference. His second in command is there at the meeting. And this is all over this um, arrest warrant for Putin put South Africa in a very difficult situation because if they hosted him, they would be uh, expected or forced under international law to arrest him. You can imagine how that went down. So he decided not to attend. There are at the moment 40, at least 40 countries who have shown an interest in joining BRICS and 23 have already submitted their application. Can you imagine if we were to go from these five countries to actually having these other 40, so 45 countries? We already have 23 applications right now. These aren't small countries that have applied. Some of these are powerhouses. And the one that concerns the United States the most is Mexico. Yes, Mexico is a probable new entry that is about to join BRICS very, very soon. The US uh, has made a lot of statements on this, the US um, government. How they could even block this, I'm not sure. I don't think they can, but uh, they are not happy about Mexico. Another country is Argentina, that they're also not happy about joining BRICS. Uh, Nigeria, 
is another one, obviously another powerhouse in Africa. And then pretty much all of the Southeast Asian countries at Malaysia and Thailand, etc. All of the Indonesia, another big one. All of these sort of Southeast Asian countries have shown an interest and are likely to be joining BRICS very shortly. But the, I guess the headline right now is what China has said. And they've talked about how they're aiming via the BRICS development bank to actually de-dollarize the world at a rapid rate. And they have a, a plan for this, which runs through to about 2040. And it is a very ambitious plan, I think we can say. Um, what else happened over the last week? Big news, which wasn't really reported on. The, the BRICS bank actually raised $94 million in their first ever South African bond auction. And actually it was completely oversubscribed they received more than 2.5 billion rands and bids for the three and five year bonds, enabling it to increase the size of the deal. It allocated 71% to institutional investors and the rest to local banks in last week's sale. So again, very, very big news here, but this is really gonna be driven by local currencies. But let me get into the shared screen here and explain what exactly is going on. Let's begin with this Bloomberg article then, the emerging market block that wants to shake up the world order. Dozens of nations have lined up to become members of BRICS. The world's leading emerging market powers have complained for years about being sidelined by wealthy nations. Now they are mounting their most ambitious challenge yet to the status quo. There will also be talks on how to accelerate a shift away from the dollar, in part by increasing the use of local currencies in trade between members, which is surging according to a draft agenda seen by Bloomberg. Of course, these are your main bricks. You have uh, Lula, Putin, Modi, Xi, and South Africa's president, who has had a lot to say recently if you follow any alternative media. Of course, this is never published or publicized on Western media, the comments he's making about the West. So let's have a look at this then. BRICS Plus is forecast to dominate the world's GDP. So G7 is the black line here, the BRICS nation is the blue line, and the BRICS plus Indonesia and Saudi Arabia is this lighter blue line just above here. And bear in mind, this is just Saudi Arabia and Indonesia if they join, not including all of the other countries that we alluded to. Now, very key here, what are you noticing with the G7, the black line, versus the BRICS, the dark blue line. Now, who are the G7, you may ask? That is Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, United States, as well as the EU. Wait a second, isn't that eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's actually eight, but anyway, it is the G7. So a powerhouse of economies there. And yet what happened in 2020? Well, we reached the crossover point between those G7, uh, the, those, those powerhouses that have dominated for a long time. And you can see this goes right back to the 1980s here. And you can see the crossover point 2020 and the forecast through to 2050. Now this is going, and again, I want you to pay attention to this. This has gone down from 50% GDP, the world's GDP, 
and it's look at this around 2050 it's going to hit somewhere in the region of 17 18 percent so it's obvious this is what i keep talking about what i'm trying to prepare you for it's obvious the way this is going with the world and you've got to be prepared for this changeover that began well it began back you know, a long time ago in the 90s here, but it really switched over three years ago in 2020, which is not a coincidence that there was other things happening at that time. We are moving towards this new world now dominated by the BRICS countries. Now, this is another chart here. This is BRICS economies command vastly larger populations than the G7. Now, I don't know how much I can talk about populations and things here because it's not a sort of permitted topic on YouTube, but let me try and put it in a, in a way that's not going to get the video flagged. What we are seeing in the BRICS nations is that women in those countries are having more children. So the populations are increasing, or at least in some regions, they're not declining or collapsing. And you look at the G7 and you look at um, birth rates, I think is the easiest way to say this. It is collapsing. It is falling off a cliff and has been for a while now. In some countries, it's about 1.2, 1.3 children per woman. Now, you don't need to be a genius to understand and to, to see that, that the population is uh, collapsing due to this situation. And although they have the G7 forecast here as pretty stagnant throughout, I think this is going to be very different. I actually think this is going to decrease quite heavily towards 20. 50. And you look at the BRICS and you can see this is increasing in terms of population. So they're going to have a lot more people than the G7 as well. I thought this was quite interesting. Uh, they said, while the European Union sees the BRICS as primarily a talk shop, which could be weakened rather than strengthened by expansion, Putin's ability to use the group as an international platform is a worry, said an EU official. Well, there's somewhat of a, a irony in this considering what's just come out about the European Union and the uh, economic data going from bad to worse. Europe is really, really struggling at the moment as we've talked about and, and forecast here on the channel that it would. Um, there's a lot of problems in Europe right now and I wouldn't expect their economy to do well for uh, the foreseeable future. Over to Market Insider then, and China-based BRICS Bank aims to de-dollarize debt by expanding local currency lending. So the way they're doing this then is they're trying to bypass the US dollar. That is their focus here. And it was only recently actually that South Africa's president and, and a few of the other African Union presidents got together and they were talking about how there's 14 countries within Africa they're using this, this form of the French franc, which they say they can't really do anything with on the international stage, and they feel like they, they're taken prisoner by using this currency. So we're probably going to see some movement there as well if they are to join. However, that's going to happen in the future if they do become allies or they do join BRICS, which Personally, I don't see at this point. I think it would have to happen a lot later on for some of these African nations to join BRICS. But I don't think it's out of the question. But we need to see a lot of changes 
um, before that can happen. And a lot of um, African countries taking more control over those resources. So what are we seeing then towards this? The BRICS New Development Bank is starting to lend more in member currencies. Uh, the bank's president told the FT 30% of lending will be in local tenders. So that is a, a significant increase. So what are they doing? They are approaching de-dollarization from a debt angle, which is a very smart way for them to do this with plans to reduce dollar denominated lending. Now, what happens if a lot of these dollar denominated assets are no longer required? Well, it's going to have to go, these dollars are going to have to go elsewhere. Now, the more of these dollars that go back to the USA, the more inflation that you could see in the future. And they're expecting to lend between eight and 10 billion US dollars this year, which isn't a significant amount on a global stage, but it's still enough to get the ball rolling. Because since 2015, when it's formed, they've lent around $33 billion for development projects. So again, not a huge amount, but if they do begin to ramp this up uh, quite significantly, and uh, again, I can cover that on a different video, how they could do that and the, the benefits of those countries, then you could start to see quite a lot of weight going towards this, this new lending. Uh, local currencies are not alternatives to the dollar, she said. They're alternatives to a system. I've highlighted this in red because I want you to look at the language they're using here. They're talking about an alternative system. And in terms of this comment here, I don't really think they care too much, but the new development bank did suffer a Fitch uh, credit rating downgrade last year, while Western investors grew less keen on supplying the bank with dollars. And that was all due to the ties with Russia. Now, quite interesting as well is that the new members of the bank include Egypt, Bangladesh and the UAE. And the bank has received 15 new membership application and is considering four or five. Now, the applications for the development bank are slightly different to the applications for BRICS membership. So what you may see is that some countries become members of the bank themselves, but may not get BRICS membership. Another point to note then is that Russia has launched a CBDC pilot and there's 13 banks participating. So this just came out a couple days ago, but I don't think it's gotten any attention whatsoever at the moment. The same with the fact that these are the pilot countries at the moment for a CBDC. And what do you notice about this pilot? Who do you have here? You have in green Russia, you have China, you have Kazakhstan, you have Turkey. Who do we have here? Saudi Arabia, UAE, Iran. Are you seeing a pattern? We have Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia. This is very interesting to see these pilots, which are well ahead of the West. If we look at where the West is, we have development stages still. So the West is actually behind the East in terms of CBDC launch. And talking of finance here, just a reminder, my new course is now available. You can find the link to it below in the description of this video or as a pinned comment. 
And I really do feel that this is going to change the lives of a lot of people around the world, a lot of families. And just remember to use the coupon code YouTube when you go to the checkout. Do not pay full price. We, we have a launch promotion on the course. So just make sure that you put YouTube in so you get the discount. So we have more than 40 nations right now interested in joining BRICS. That is a staggering amount of countries. And here's just a few of them that have applied. We have Argentina, Belarus, of course, that was going to happen. Belarus, a partner to Russia, uh, Indonesia, we have Iran. Now, this will be very interesting for Iran and a very doubtful that the West wants Iran to join because it will give Iran more flexibility around all the sanctions that they have. Um, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, this is going to be a, a turning point if Saudi Arabia do join BRICS. But remember, we have had more than 30 African leaders were invited to participate in the BRICS meeting as well. So what has Xi Jinping said then? He's traveled to Africa for the first time in five years, and he's pledged greater cooperation with South Africa to enhance the voice of poor nations. He commended developing countries for shaking off the yoke of colonialism. Interesting that he made that statement, actually. And on Wednesday, which is today, he's expected to hold talks with the leaders of BRICS, a club of emerging nations, as he pushes for its expansion to serve as a counterweight to Western dominance. And as I mentioned, there's a lot of um, comments have been overheard and discussions between Xi Jinping and Modi, because what you have is India which of course, I mean, there is a little bit of bias there because India has the best of both worlds. They're a partner with the West, they're a partner with BRICS. So they're not wanting as much expansion. But what we're seeing with Xi Jinping is he's wanting the expansion as is Putin. So there is a little bit of conflict there. Same with uh, Brazil as well. But we've got to see how this plays out. Finally, then, South Africans president has said a lot of interesting and somewhat controversial things over the last few weeks now, mainly centered around healthcare and access to um, medicines, I guess we can say, over the last three years. Again, you won't see any of his comments published in Western media, but he talked about how the, uh, the Western world made South Africa and African nations uh, look like beggars coming with their begging bowl to get uh, medicines and things like that. Either way, it's quite clear to me the way this is going. We are seeing this stronger alliance forming with uh, all of these BRICS nations and with all of these other developing nations, not just developing nations. We have all these powerhouses that are coming together on this side. We have the Western current dominance over this side. And what we're seeing is a power shift right now. And this is why I keep saying to you, not just with what's happening here that you've got to be aware of, because we have crossed over now, we did in 2020. But it's also the things I talked about yesterday that you've got to prepare for with your jobs, with your income, with your pensions, with how you're investing right now. You've got to think of all of these things. Don't just assume that what you have right now and the way things have, have been going for a long time are going to continue because they are not. They won't continue on this exact trajectory. Things are going to shift. They are going to change. And if you are worried about this, you are concerned. Uh, remember, I have a private community. There's a lot of content in there. I do a monthly video. 
or these new courses that I've just mentioned, or should I say this new course, and someone asked yesterday if there's a, a package with it. Yes, there is. When you go to the checkout on the new Wealth Psychology course, you can actually get a bundle deal with the macro and stock market course as well at checkout. So that is it for today. Thank you so much as always for being members, subscribers here. Really appreciate you as always. Take care. God bless you. God bless your families. And I will see you tomorrow. Take care.